everyone. So earlier this week, some very big news dropped. The National Stationery Show, which has existed since 1945, is being retired, and New York Now is reimagining its entire approach to the category. On the one hand, it's really sad for all of us who spent, oh, the last decade or two, not just at NSS, but planning for it, talking about it, reminiscing about it, and then talking about it some more. So while it's sad to see a chapter close, and make no mistake about it, it was heartbreaking yesterday to read friends on social media reacting to the news. I do overall think the reimagining is really a good thing. While the co-location of NSS to New York Now was done with the best of intentions, I think having some stationary brands in NSS and some in the next section was confusing to both exhibitors and attendees. By removing those section separations and reapproaching this vast category with fresh eyes, and make no mistake about it, this is a vast category. Approximately a quarter of New York Now gift exhibitors are stationary brands. So by reapproaching it, Emerald can create something really special that reflects what's happening in stationary now. I'm really excited to learn more, and I'm even more excited to see it for myself in February. Which brings me to my guest today, Joni Lewis of Visual Treats Design Studio. I've known Joni for years. She is a little maker out of Virginia with a fabulous range of handmade product, including cards, sachets, cashmere wearables from rescued sweaters, as well as a lot of -of one-of-a-kind creations that are, or rather were, the kind of amazing things you would stumble across once upon a time as you were wandering the aisles at trade shows. Joni is actually something of a Renaissance woman. She is a storyteller and huge fan of the NPR show, The Moth. She's had two appearances on it. First, she won the Washington, D.C. Story Slam, and then she was invited to compete against nine other winners in a Moth Grand Slam at the Lincoln Theater in New York City. You can access those on her site on her events page. They're hysterical. But Joni also has some great stories to share about her experiences at New York Now, which are not only great stories in and of themselves. They also speak to basically the magic of New York Now and how it was able to help her take her brand from the craft circuit to the national wholesale market. And also about how every minute there, even your last hour before packing up to go home has great potential. And also how you never know where that casual acquaintance you made that's down the road from you can, where that can lead. But I'll stop being cryptic now and I'll let Joni take it away after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, 
journals and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chase and dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from L.A. to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting-edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl With Knife in hundreds of shops across the U.S. and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl With Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, L.A. Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and, of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. Joni, welcome to the Paperfold. Woohoo, thanks. Thank you so much for being here. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Visual Treats Design Studio. Um, how long have you been in business and what do you create? Um, I have been in business for real for a really long time. I started at the very end, end of the 80s, I mm -hmm. guess, early 1990. Wow. And I make 
the meat and potatoes of my business is a line of handmade greeting cards. I also make a variety of other kooky things reinvented out of, um, you know, leftover materials. And my, my real love is vintage photos. So almost everything has something to do with photos. I mean, your range is amazing. It seems like every time I go on your site, I find something oh. new. I I love like your repurposed jeans and like you're mm-hmm. always doing mm-hmm. something really interesting and different and um, it's very inspiring. Well, thanks. Yeah. So you're very, you're something of a Renaissance designer. You've had two appearances on NPR's The Moth. You won <laughs> the Washington DC story slam. You were invited to compete against nine other winners in the moth grand slam on the stage of the Lincoln theater. Um, You can see the two appearances in the events section on your site, which I will be linking to in the liner notes. But I think you have another story here today to tell our listeners. I'm just going to read back what you wrote me when you um, were writing that you wanted to come on the paper fold. Quote, unquote, New York Now was a complete game changer. I was still doing the craft show circuit and was accidentally awarded a booth without even asking for it. Complete mistake on their part, but they honored the offer anyway. So I did the show just as a see what happens. I have a great story about taking my very first franchise order that literally turned me into a real business. It's amazing. Um, Tell me more. Um, well, the, the craft show circuit was, I've always made greeting cards, but I used to also make custom photo transfer pillows. Um, and so the, the craft show, that was my, that was my craft back then. The cards were more like, you know, just extras, but the, the custom photo pillow was the thing Mm -hmm. and the craft show wasn't exactly thriving for me anymore because of HGTV. HGTV had just come out and that was kind of leveled the playing field because everybody knew how you made what you made. It it was like a a DIY every day and the secret was out of the bottle about Mm -hmm. how I made what I did. So I was looking around for other options and somebody had said you should do the gift show and you know, New York seemed like a big deal. And um, so I, back then you applied, you applied for a show. Sure. It was, um, it was, it was probably New York International Gift Fair at that point, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it was back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. It was, (laughs) uh, you know, really the, probably the first one I did was maybe in um, 1999. Sure. Okay. Um, So yeah, I just sent them a letter of inquiry and said, I'm interested in doing the gift show. Could you give me some more information? And I got a letter telling me my booth number. And I thought, well, uh, that's weird. They must be desperate. So when I asked for my friends around, you know, is, is this normal? They were like, girl, there is a waiting list. There, There's a line of people in vans that show up just in case somebody doesn't show up. This has got to be a mistake. <laughs> so I called and said, um, I'm, I'm not even sure if I want to do this. What what gives? And, you know, the, the person who answered the phone said, what? And looked it up and said, yeah, huh. 
Hmm, wonder how that happened. Well, yeah, I mean, that's your booth number if you want it. Come on. <laughs> so I decided that, you know, everybody was pushing my back and said, yeah, 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 this is opportunity knocking. So I, I did the booth. It was T-T-T tiny, the size of a billboard, <laughs> and it cost a fortune. Um, and I still had the craft shows to do. So this was this was wholesale, and I wasn't really wholesaling yet. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I took a lot of good advice and did the booth and, um, took a, a fair amount of orders and, and really wasn't sure, you know, how I would make them. I just took the orders and then thought, okay, you know, we'll figure this out after you get home. Um, <laughs> what were you, what were you and selling? And so then I found was out it... that the booth is, the booth is yours. If you don't do it, somebody else gets your booth and you don't get it back. So, so once you get your foot in the door, you have the obligation and the responsibility to do two shows a year. So, so that kind of changed things too, because you have to budget for that. It, it's, you know, it's not, New York is a big deal. It's a very big deal. What were you selling? Were you still doing the um, pillows or was it I was doing cards? the pillows and I also took the greeting cards and eventually I made sachets which were kind of miniature versions of the pillows. Mm -hmm. When I first started doing the pillows, it was before, it was, you know, Reaganomics. Right. $100 was nothing. And then there was, you know, a giant recession. And so all of a sudden, $100 was an awful lot of money. So I knocked myself off and made a smaller version of the pillow, which was a custom photo sachet. And I did that for, um, for a lot of years, too. And, um, you know, it was... It was fun. It was so much fun to get to see other people's photos every day. Somebody else's photos arrived in the mail, you know, because back then it was a real Pony Express stuff came in the mail. You sent stuff in the mail. It, like they was physically no... sent you their family photos. Yes. I've seen a gazillion brides, a lot of babies and an awful lot of dogs because um, it's what you want to commemorate. Right, um, right. And it was a perfect fit product for catalogs. So the catalog could right. offer it as a custom service and then just feed it to me and I drop shipped the product. Um, so yeah, it was good. And then the cards were always sort of the sideline gig and um, you know, they were sewn too. So, so yeah, it was sort of a, the, the advice I was given when I did New York was you can't just take one thing, you gotta flesh it out into a line. Right. So that people want, you know, want to buy the whole line. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was backed up in the corner with my clipboard and my pen, you know, taking, taking orders. And, and it was, it was great. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the order that put me on the map uh -huh. were the cards wasn't from the first time I did the show that came, you know, a few shows in, uh -huh. um, but I had, I had a spinner rack of cards, and it was the last hour of the last day of the show. And you're tired, and you're bored, and you're starting to pack the booth up with your eyes. It's like, you know, how fast can I get out of here? How long is this going to take? Right, absolutely. And these, these five women tumbled into my booth 
one of them commandeered my chair telling me how tired they were and they started looking at the cards and laughing and showing them to each other and i was thinking ugh how long is this going to take you know uh, like I've, this has been my life for 5 is, days i'm ready to go home yes and the last day of the last hour is usually people who want to buy your product you know your your samples and i thought uh so, you know, I wasn't giving them my best, you know, I was my, I had my game face on, but I wasn't really selling it hard. Sure. And, um, you know, they were asking questions and I thought, oh, here we go. What's your minimum? Do I have to get 12? Can I just get six? You know, I was girding my loins for how this was going to go. <laughs> and none of them were wearing badges. <laughs> so I really did not know, you know, who I was dealing with. Right, right. Um, and so... <laughs> You know, they, they were handing those cards back and forth and giggling and, you know, oh, look at this one. This one's the best. I love this one. So the woman in my chair ended up with five in her hand. And she hands me the five cards and says, we'll take 750 of each one. <laughs> Here's my card. Let me know what we need to do to you know start an account with you and you know i cannot even tell my jaw dropped all the way to the floor my eyebrows went up to my hairline <laughs> and you know i don't know if you want me to name names or tell you what, i'm what really it was, i mean i'm dying to know what store this is so yes if you're oh, fine with well, it it's paper stores wow <laughs> so it was my first franchise customer okay wow and you know, they ordered the same five cards over and over and over, you know, for years. And then, you know, they would take it to committee and, and, and add two more cards for holiday, you know. But whenever they placed an order for the cards, it was usually 500 to 1,000 of the same cards. Sure, sure, so, sure. So that turned me into a business right. with people that came here and helped and, you know, it, a paper source order would take us a week to make. Sure. Packing the box would take half a day. It was it was oh, real. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it, it really I, made it made me feel like I was legitimate. I, I what this was no hobby. I, you know, I really was a player. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and I know that I know that with a lot of the you know bigger change, you know, they have rules on how you need to send in the cards, when they need to come in, how they need to be packaged. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if you oh, don't yeah. do it, then you get chargebacks. So it's it's a whole, which means they're going to deduct what they pay you. Correct? Is that right? I guess, um, you know, I never got in that. I, I They certainly had a lot of requirements. I mean, everything had to be in a sleeve, everything. They they had a, a barcode sticker mm -hmm. that I had to put on the cards for them. Sure. I mean, it was all. But, um, you know, as a franchise, I just shipped directly to their warehouse location and they mm -hmm. took it from there. Sure. Um, and I will say that, you know, Paper Source has always known what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They did not buy anything that didn't sell. I didn't ever get stuck with something that didn't work for them. I, I mean, I, I guess they surely they got 
leftovers from holidays and stuff, but um, they really know their customer. Their buyers are always sharp and, and they know what they're doing. Um, over the years, the buyers have changed a lot. I've dealt with, you know, a lot of different people and mm -hmm. um, their, their overall look mm -hmm. has changed a lot from when this, you know, like I said, this was you know, sure. a very long time sure. ago. Sure. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Put me on the map. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they came on the scene. They obviously had a lot of research. They knew what they were doing. But yeah, I feel like, and I love Paper Source. I love mine. I go in all the time. But um, they did sort of adapt to get that kind of maker vibe in the store. Right. The, you know, which well, is which is great. I love it. The lady in the chair was the owner at the time. Oh wow. And she since she since has sold the company um and and it has changed and expanded, you know, huge compared to um when they were just out of Chicago sure. with with one owner. Mm -hmm. Um but the the moral of the story is and I tell this every time I do a trade show, the last day, the last hour, I always tell my neighbors, you know, okay, it is not over until the fat lady sings. Let me tell you about what happened to me on the last day. Um, you know, until they roll this rug up, we are still here to sell, sell, sell. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that was, that was a big deal. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Um, and I'm glad that I'm so glad you came here and now we have it documented to be listened to <laughs> endlessly. So history. Uh, yeah, exactly. This needs to be this needs to be saved for posterity. So obviously New York now has shaped your business and obviously you're a great storyteller. Um, I know of at least one other great tale for you to close today with today. Um, Paper Chronicles readers already know this. How did it come about that you spent a vacation creating product for the set of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? It was also 100% because of the New York gift show. Oh, wow. Um, you know, you spend a lot of time cheek to jowl with your neighbors. The booths are, you know, it's not like it's an iron curtain. It's a very thin cheesy nylon curtains so you get to know your neighbors really well um especially if you are in the same spot for years and years and years sure. and one of my next door neighbors my booth neighbor um is a woman named mary fellows and she had a business called little mary fellows she made organic baby stuff um bibs and and bedding and and beautiful swaddles and, and i'm sure it's gorgeous she is she works as a set designer for movies and TV. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, years after we weren't neighbors anymore, because she went back into the movie business, um, she was working as a set designer for Mrs. Maisel. And um, the Ms. Maisel was going to the Catskills, and they were, it was Mary's job to make a Catskills Mountain gift shop for when she checks into the hotel at the Catskills. So Mary contacted me and she said, you know, hey, remember those custom order postcard sachets that you used to make? Can you make some if I send you the graphic of this fake Catskills Lodge? And what other things do you think you could make that would have been, um, you know, in this, in this 
lodge. And I was thinking, okay, duckies, beaded belts, pecan logs, you know, I, yeah. what are the things you buy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we talked about pennants that would be on a big pencil, all those kooky things right, um, right. that would have been in a gift shop. And so I said, well, yeah, you know, sure, I'll be glad to make these sachets. I don't make them anymore, but I'll make them for you. Um, and she said, great, I need them on Monday. And, you know, <laughs> that really did kind of step up the volume for the whole thing. And so I didn't know at the time what, how they would figure into the story or if you would even see them. And you do not see them. I don't know if I ended up on the cutting room floor. I can tell you when you would have been able to see them. Um, and no, she does not pick one up and say, golly, boy, do I love these visual treats, custom photo sachets. But oh, you would be retired. My, I couldn't get yeah, you on my podcast yeah. if she said that. <laughs> the thing that warms my heart is that Mary ordered a bundle of them because at the end of the season, they give out leftover props and things in swag bags to the people that worked um, with the team. So I still feel that somewhere one of my sachets ended up in the hands of one of the people in Mrs. Maisel. But, um, I, you know, mine was far from a featured product or anything that anybody would have said, hey, I got to get me some of them sachets. But, <laughs> um, but it was so much fun and just, you know, figuring out how things work. And everything with TV has to be done yesterday, right. you know, so... So that's how my vacation got cut short, um, and I ended up um, making a whole bunch of sachets. And the other thing we made were like little, remember those autograph photo books you mm -hmm. would take? You, that, that was the other thing we made with the yeah, same Yeah, that like your friends would sign. Yeah. That kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, From camp. So how, how good at sewing is your husband? Not. <laughs> <laughs> But he is a supreme expert at chopping paper and stuffing sachets. Um, and it was fun to press him into service. It, it kind of gave him an appreciation for, you know, what I do, how it's done. Um, he did not get to say no. It was, you know, we got to do this. Who, who else do you see but you and me? We got to do this. Um, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. We're doing it. And, and There's you know, no discussion. a job. He doesn't need, he doesn't want to work for me. So, you know, it, it was, um, it was fine. We did fine. It did not take, I mean, we did, we did not have, but like uh, three or four days total to get it all done. So it was, it was fun. It's nice to know at my age that I do still have an overdrive fee. Right, right. Like, thank goodness you were called into action so you could make sure that all the parts were operating correctly. Yeah. I, I mean, in my head, I could still waitress and work a double, but I'm not really sure I can. <laughs> so, you know, it was good to to sort of test it and find out how fast can you sew? How quick can you do this? Can you really do it? How, what does overnight really mean? Is it going to get here the next day? You know? <laughs> it's good. It's, it's, it's good to turn the heat up sometimes and, you know, make sure you're still... You're still on your game. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it's really cool that, you know, the sachets ended up as probably the ultimate souvenir for people who, you know, were part of the show. 
you never know where they're going to turn up. Who knows? Maybe in 20 years, they'll show up on an Antiques Roadshow. Someone has, well, Ooh, you know. what a great idea. I love that. I like, love that. Like, my mom was, uh, did sound for this, uh, this show, and I found it in her attic, and I'm wondering if it's worth anything. <laughs> yeah. What what a beautiful thought. That's so much better than I'm ending up in the thrift store. So, yes, <laughs> I love that notion. <laughs> they'll end up as a precious antique um, you know and by then surely the Whitney will have done a retrospective of my work and I will be you know like a big brand that, that everybody will be <laughs> oh you got one of her you got one of her sachets from her you know from the yeah, from the, yeah. the, the 2010 oh, oh my gosh yeah. yeah I hope you've yeah. I hope you've had that insured oh well no autographs, please, really. The paparazzi, it's, it's, it's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good dream. <laughs> so I guess with all that said, with, you know, New York now and, you know, and even New York International Gift Fair, um, its previous incarnation, having shaped your business, um, they have not announced uh, the New York Now winter 2021 dates. Are, are, when they do, are you going to try to go? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, can you give us a sneak peek of what you're working on? Well, what a hoot! I mean, what a question. At this point, every day is a new list of maybes. <laughs> Who would have ever thought anybody needed a mask? You know, <laughs> by by then, I may be making rocket scooters. What whatever it is that we need, you know, that's kind of the beauty of of craft is you have to reinvent what you do for what's actually necessary sure, in the world. Sure, so, sure. you know, I, I think I'll, I'll say stay tuned um, <laughs> to see what, what the answer would be to that. Um, I know I will always make cards mm -hmm. and people that say, Oh, nobody sends cards anymore are wrong. I mean, people with good manners are always going to send a card. Um, fingers crossed that the post office cooperates. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, on the plus side, we do have, you know, an audience of you know, the most captive audience in the history of the world, probably. So, you know, they're wanting to reach out to people they're missing. So that's a plus. <laughs> right. right, right. Just don't lick the envelope. <laughs> Right. I mean, the, I, there's never been a better argument for washi tape, of which I am a huge fan. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're exactly right. So, but I, but you're right. I mean, with the mass, I mean, you're one of your, aside from cards and vintage images, I mean, you work with a lot of vintage textiles. I mean, you could do a lot of really interesting things with masks. So I what I have been doing is making them. I mean, I think everybody with a sewing machine has been pressed into service to make masks. And I'm not going to, I'd never say never, but I'm not going to say I'm going into the mask business. Right. It's just, I, I, I'd rather stay funny. I don't want to go into, it feels like profiting off of misery to me. I just don't want to become a mask maker. But I've made a gazillion of them because people need them and they want them. And that's sort of how I've been spending my summer vacation this summer sure. is, is making masks. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, it and, mean... and making them making them out of other stuff, you know, cutting them up out of shirt sleeves because you want them to be soft. Uh -huh. you, you know, it's on your face. So 
scratchy new fabric isn't something you'd want to make a mask out of. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a, I think, you know, who I would want, I mean, having a mask, as long as there's no, not holes in it out of, you know, vintage denim would be beautiful. Yep. Like I could totally see that or embroidery on it. Like I'm guessing that that's kind of, you know, definitely what, when the shows do um, come back, um, that's probably going to be, you know, something you see an awful lot of is interesting takes on that. So, and I'm wondering about gloves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Are gloves going to make a comeback? I know. You know I know. I can't figure it out. They're myself. protective in another way, you know, as well. And, um, you know, not, not rubber ones, but pretty ones, ladylike no gloves are people going right. to start to wear gloves right like can you um, like will someone start making just a set of gloves that you keep in your car and you only put them on to go in the grocery store to handle it and you just take them off as soon as you're done and they're you know they're your fun gloves right. you throw them right. in the washing machine every you know um yeah i'm i'm thinking that um you know we'll see we'll see a lot of that and of course um like we were discussing uh before before we started recording, um, you know, that's one of the great things about going to New York now. Uh, um, you always leave feeling like, or I always did, feeling like I really had my finger on the pulse of what was happening and what, like, the next, you know, six months in retail are, roughly are going to look like. Yes. I, I, am a, I am a textbook introvert. So I usually leave feeling very overstimulated. Yeah. You know, I, I have seen way too many products. I, I just want to come home and close my eyes and breathe for at least a week. But but you can't it 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 sneaks into your brain all the things you've seen. And you know, you now with a camera on your phone you can snap a picture of stuff and and even the street is so inspiring for what you're gonna do next when you get home. Oh, and, absolutely. And the gift show is Sitting at the gift show on the worst, slowest day is still the best people watching on the planet. Ugh. You can't believe what goes by on people's on people's feet, on people's backs, what their hair looks like. It it is just a constant parade of of stimulation I to agree. look at people at I the agree. gift show. I agree. Like, and I'm I really am gonna I'm gonna miss that in August. There. There's a part of me that's like, ooh, good, I want to go. But then there's this other side of me that is really wondering, you know, what's it going to be like without that recharge of the batteries kind of feeling? Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I guess and I do miss the notion that I will be able to, to connect physically and verbally and eye to eye with my longtime customers. You know, the, the, the gift show is sometimes the only time we actually talk and and it's important to hear what are people looking for what are they asking you for what do i need to be making because i'm not out in your world you know right. tell me what what i need to know right i mean plus um, the face to face i mean you you know you're getting a lot of verbal non-cues as well um when you're meeting with clients and potential clients and so on so you know you you read a lot about what they're looking for what they're not looking for what directions to go in i know we're all we're all missing it. So, yeah. So, anyway, well, listen, I cannot thank you enough for um, coming to the paper fold. And I am really, really um, looking forward to seeing you 
in your booth in person in 2021 at um, the oh me too me too um and and hopefully my hair will look better than it does today that (laughs) that will be one improvement to look forward to in a big big way Um, oh yeah but no this is great fun i'm i'm happy i i muscled my way on oh my gosh for for letting me all right muscle away thank you again okay bye 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 Paper peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because, as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plans, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. Mm-hmm.
Thank you so much, Joni, for dropping by the paper fold. You heard it here first. The show is not over until they roll that last rug up. I have to say, I was expecting Nike to come out with a really cool, sleek swimming masks. I was expecting Apple to come out with one that would charge your AirPods, and none of that has happened yet. But I do know for sure that I will see some great takes on masks, gloves, and who knows what other kind of safety devices that none of us will be able to live without when New York Now opens its doors again next year. Finally, I just want to close by repeating what I said in the first episode. If you have something to share with this community, please reach out to me like Joni did. As August approaches, I think we are all really going into high gear, missing these summer shows and all the inspiration and connection they bring. Yes, by coming on this podcast, you are putting yourself out there, which can be really hard and really scary. But in the end, it brings us all together. And that's a really good thing. So if you like what you were hearing, please subscribe and give me a good rating. And much more importantly, please stay well.